All right. Welcome to the Remarketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I'm your host for today. The Remarketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership. We talk these things for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. The Remarketing Podcast has two purposes. Purpose number one, to spotlight you, Colin, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. Purpose number two, to educate and inform our audience and our listeners. With that, we have a special guest. We have Colin. Colin is the CEO and founder of Warmac Energy. His role within the organization is to push forward his vision for solar for the solar industry, which includes creating a prominence within the solar space through professionalism and stewardship, creating a new standard of excellence. Colin, welcome to the show. I'm excited that you're here. Thank you so much, Jeremiah. I appreciate you having me. You're very welcome. So reading that bio, right? We, we talk about like Warmack Energy. We talk about your role within solar. So mm-hmm. I'm going to kick this thing right off and I want to d- jump into that bio a little bit. Could you tell us uh, what Warmack and let me know if I'm saying it correctly. Tell us what that is. Yeah. So the story of Warmack's interesting. It actually uh, stems from the original story of Thomas Edison and Nikolai Tesla. You know, when I was a young entrepreneur, right as I graduated high school, I created an, an LLC called Warmack LLC. And the whole the whole word really meant war on greed. I always was fascinated with that story of Tesla and Edison. And so when I kind of was getting into business, I was trying to show, you know, I was an entrepreneur and I, I created an LLC just to have one really. And that's where the name came from. And then where everything was interesting, as I got into the solar industry, I realized, well, there's a lot of money. There's it, it is a boom per se. It's sort of like the early 2000 mortgage money, you know, the dot com boom for stockbrokers. And so with that type of space it also is the wild west there's no regulations so really the whole vision started with you know war on greed let's let's push forward the industry um there's a lot of misconceptions within the industry um and abroad so it was let's start out the foundation so war mac energy actually means war on greed and so that's how we got the story and the name all right and you mentioned there's a lot of misconceptions within mm-hmm. the industry and you're talking about the solar industry yeah i just think the perception from the consumers to the industry uh, and, and abroad really you know there's a lot of information that may not be clear uh misinformation if you will and i think really that where that really stems from is two big things is a there's no regulation so there's no oversight committees that that regulate the information and then also it's a transitioning industry so what was maybe five years ago versus what is now isn't exactly the same and could be different in five more years so just with the educational standards in general with this industry that tends to leave sometimes a negative you know i guess perception of the industry in a whole so that was kind of our vision and and we wanted to maybe kind of push that and set a new standard of excellence and kind of harness that uh, consultant role rather than try to sell solar we wanted to more consult about the product and the service Thank you. And so one of the questions that we often ask our guests is we t- we ask them like the biggest myth that they heard about their expertise or within mm-hmm. the industry. So I pose to you, like, what's the biggest myth that you heard or the biggest misconception about solar energy in regards to like the consumers? Right. So there's a few of them. That's a good question. I think one of the ones I'd probably bring up and this might pertain to your audience is because it's a real estate related uh, myth. Can you transfer solar panels? Can you transfer the financing? I don't know if you ever come across a real estate transaction. I know when I was in mortgages, that was actually my first, I guess, view on mortgage was I I was doing a mortgage or I'm sorry, solar. I was doing a mortgage and I was trying to transfer. I was trying to get a, a form on the title cleared about solar. And I was like, what the heck is this? So one of the bigger myths, um, that are in, in this industry or in solar is 
you cannot transfer, you know, this, the solar panels or the financing for solar. And so what we found is that's not true. You actually can. It's a relatively easy process if you just know how to navigate through it. And um, that's what we also try to help real estate professionals do. Yeah, I'm a little shocked because I would believe that you would be able to transfer it just like like anything else. So mm -hmm. that's shocking. That that's one of the common myths. And you mentioned you mentioned that there are a lot of them. So without like going too far, could you mm -hmm. share like two more and could you help us clarify, uh, you know, understand the truth about those myths? Yeah, no, I appreciate the question, too. So a, a big a big myth about the solar, you know, it's a zero dollar down and it's zero dollars out of pocket. So a lot of uh, information about the word free oftentimes gets done around, you know, free solar panels, things like that. So a lot of it may be not myth. Maybe it's just the way it's advertised. Again, this goes back to no oversight, you know, in real estate, when you market your product or service, you have to have a certain type of information on there. I know when I was in mortgages, you had to display certain disclaimers. So when there is no oversight committee that looks at it and, and kind of, I guess, um, kind of tracks that, that marketing product or marketing strategy, it tends to mislead clients a lot. So what they think about the product and what they think about the service, um, that tends to be a big one. But I'd say 95% of the problems in this industry can pertain to the incentives, information about the incentives. You know, there's a very lucrative tax credit. You get 30% um, back on your project. So if your project's $100,000 per se, we'll say for easy numbers or $10,000, you're gonna get 30% of that back from the federal government. Plus whatever state you're in, they give an additional state incentive. So sometimes with these really lucrative incentives, it's, you know, you can kind of make it look a little bit more shinier than it is. And maybe the expectations you set about that incentive aren't necessarily clear. So, you know, sometimes that could potentially cause just some misinformation. I wouldn't use the word myth, but it just tends to confuse consumers. And with confusion comes problems. And with problems comes, you know, the negative reputation that the industry may or may not have. I'd say it's a lot better now than it was five years ago and maybe five years before that. But it's just, you know, it's an uphill battle. We're, we're, we're fighting against uh, the information abroad. So that would probably be a few of them right off the top of my head I could name. And, and you're so like, I, I like, I like problem. I like problem solving and people yeah, are like, well, why do you do that? And I'm like, uh, mm -hmm. because it's fun. So yeah. the, the reason I, I bring that up is because I want to know, like to you, like it's like misconceptions and this industry is like not really regulated. Like, is it worth it to you? Like, what is your experience? Like you like it, you yeah. enjoy it. Tell me. About I it. love this business. Um, you know, like I said, problem solver, that was kind of my thing. I, you know, I come from that banking background. So naturally we, we, we tend, I tend to have that foresight for problems. It also, I feel like just as an entrepreneur, you know, what is our real job? It's really to kind of add solutions to the marketplace. That tends to be, you know, I think something that makes a name for, for anybody in any industry. Right. And um, so when I got in this business, the, the one thing I saw was, and, and, I'll, and I'll extrapolate a little bit on what I mean, but what I'm going to say is this industry has something called a lead setter model. So I come from real estate background personally. So what that means when I would go out and get business, I had to build a strong personal reputation. I had to build a strong brand, um, sort of like what you're doing now with this podcast, the book. You have to go out into the community. You have to make real relationships. And the way you conduct yourself, you have to do it in a, in a, in a professional manner and with a certain standard if you want to garnish and, and get those referrals right so the lead setter model in this industry that's used abroad by a lot of these bigger companies what happens is that model doesn't incentivize the person that's actually closing the deal this is the quote unquote sales rep the cl that's closing the deal it doesn't incentivize them to really worry about the product long term and, if, and a phrase i used to use in mortgages was anybody can write your mortgage but i'm here to manage that mortgage for 30 years you know we used to we used to put an emphasis on 
the post-closing process because that was the relationship. That's where the relationship for a lot of us started. And so the big, uh, you know, with our company vision, the big vision I had and the reason I got in, into the solar space was I realized I said, you know, a lot of these practices that people like realist, realtors, mortgage professionals, accountants, a lot of the, the networking practices that they use and have been using for 20, 30, 40, you know, 50 years, that we know work are not used in the solar space and so i figured let's try to let's try to create a company that's sort of like a modern real estate brokerage let's incentivize our consultants to go out there and own the whole process even after the install and let's be the first at bat and that was also kind of the play where you know what how do we fix some of the misconceptions how do we fix some of these problems well, I figured, you know what, if somebody was more focused and more incentivized to worry about their personal brand, rather than just going back to this lead setter model where they're just in a deal, they're closing it onto the next, onto the next, onto the next, and they started kind of worrying about that personal brand, I found that the industry would be pushed a little bit forward, raising that that bar, you know, standard of excellence. And so that's kind of our biggest push. That's what we're trying to do, uh, you know, today at Warmac. And that's how we train a lot of our energy consultants to go out and actually find business. And it really it's no different than a realtor or a mortgage professional. Um, and if anything, it's it's a lot more fun because we're first at that. You know, we're not, I'm not just the mortgage guy going to the real estate office anymore, trying to get a lunch and learn. We have a new product that's that's fun. It's exciting. Uh, a lot of realtors, we do lunch and learns for. They're excited to learn about this because they've never seen it before, and they have so many questions. So I'm having a blast. I think it's a, it's an awesome industry, and uh, it's been a true blessing for me. I've been very very grateful uh, ever since I've gotten in this business. Awesome. One one of the things. So we had a prior episode where we talked about like technology and disrupting mm -hmm. the real estate industry, and I was having a conversation with the guest. His name's Regan. He's like. Um, we ended up talking about how Zillow is actually uh, it's actually a good thing that Zillow is there because it forces us as real estate professionals to upgrade and provide a better quality service to mm -hmm. the consumer. And I think that's the same thing that you're doing. A lot of people get scared. These big companies are like, oh, my God, what I'm going to do, they're going to push us out of business. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to push you out of business if you don't have the consumer's best interest at heart. Right. Mm -hmm. you got to be out there. you got to be willing to serve and upgrade and serve them as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I, I like what you're doing. I, I really appreciate appreciate that model with that uh, I want to take it back a little bit and could you tell us like what is solar like what does that mean is it the sun is it electricity is it some combination like what is solar energy yeah no that's a great question and the simplest way to describe that it's a renewable energy source that we okay. use the sun essentially to trap what or trap what's called photovoltaic um, and and that is really the, the source of energy and so the panels essentially and you know another way to describe this is really it's just an alternative energy source so instead of feeding back from the grid or, or renting your energy from the local utility grid really you're just putting the power plant on your roof and you're and you're buying out your energy so same thing from an expense point of view from, from you know you're buying energy already really it's just an alternative way to pay for energy and we find that you know when the numbers work out and it makes sense you tend to save immediately 40 percent right off the top uh, depending on what state and, and depending on some of the other nuances but it is really what i always considered a financial no-brainer if the expectations are managed and set properly okay and so you started getting into some of the benefits i was i was like ah, i can't wait to ask about the benefits uh -huh. Be before before we talk about the benefits though uh I'm, I'm a stubborn client i don't know solar power i don't know i don't trust mm -hmm. that stuff i don't trust the new technology why would i do that like what's your response why would i use solar energy do i have to only use it can i use it in conjunction with uh, uh, other energy sources give mm -hmm. me your perspective 
this? Yeah, I think you can. Um, a big one, you know, is the natural gas, right? There are certain situations where you can kind of, you, you can combine the two, uh, you know, especially with certain oil tanks, you know, depending on if you have a furnace, how your house is heated, especially, you know, we're in, we're in about five different markets. We're, we're spread out through five different states now. So for example, down here in South Carolina versus New Jersey, you know, in the wintertime oil is popular. A lot of people, they have, uh, you know, they have gas heated, you know, furnaces or whatever the case may be. We're down here. It's more electric based, you know, air conditioning. So it tends to, you know, it tends to blend. Um, I think that the big emphasis is really on the transitional phase that solar's in. You know, I always tell clients and people abroad, I say, well, you know, if everybody went solar today, it actually wouldn't really help the, the infrastructure, it actually hurt the infrastructure. And you can look to what happened in Singapore, a very interesting article about this was Singapore transitioned too quickly into solar and they actually overworked the grid because there was a bunch of energy surpluses. So, you know, if you think about it from that perspective, we actually need other source of energy to kind of allow this to transition. transition. And I think there's a lot of maybe the political part of it plays a play, you know, everybody, you know, if you have to pick a side, but if you look at it from just, I guess the, the, reality of what it is we actually can't go solar 100 percent today we have to transition and so really you know for anybody's sake that does go solar they're a part of this early adapting movement where they're actually a part of what's pushing the energy the renewable energy space forward not for right now but for generations to come because as more and more people go solar and the transition kind of moves along there's things like battery uh, technology that will get funded more and then that will increase, right? So it's kind of works in steps. So we actually we actually need other sources. I think the key with, with solar right now is from a financial perspective, it's hedging inflation. You know, with the with the way the infrastructure is set up and the way these utility companies are set up, they are basically the same thing as a monopoly. So you're almost kind of fighting against that. There's no real competition per se. And a lot of us entrepreneurs know when you add competition into the market, it tends to get you a better price. So there's that element of it. And then the, there is, you know, the clean energy part of it as well. But really to answer your question, to kind of circle back to it, you need other sources of energy because there are situations where solar may not be the 100% fix and that's okay. Um, but it can provide solutions for, for, you know, a big part of it. Okay. Earlier you mentioned, you said like, and I like numbers, so it jumped out to me immediately. Mm -hmm. You mentioned like the 40%. And I want you to include that or we include that mm -hmm. as a benefit, but I want you to tell us like three big, three big benefits of using solar. And I want you to talk about that 40% in a little bit more detail. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So each market's different. Um, we do a lot of business in New Jersey and Delaware. That's that's our two you know top markets right now. In New Jersey, I always say we were looking at, um, you know, I had a client's numbers up here. A client's looking to spend, you know, let's say a client's currently spending about $120 per month on average, right? We take the 12 month average. So maybe that bill is $300 in the summer, maybe it's $60 in the winter, um, depending on their situation. And if you look at that $120 number, they should be paying, like if, if they were to finance the cost of equipment, um, which essentially is a bill swap. So instead of paying that $120 that's variable, uh, they're going to finance the cost for equipment and that finance payment before any of the incentives should normally be on a good price deal around $80 per se. And, um, you know, with some of these incentives, that's where things get really interesting because, you know, with some of these incentives you get, you know, you're looking at maybe potentially saving a hundred dollars a month and, um, yeah, that's where things get really interesting. But I always tell people just from the simple you know, point of view, I'm also my I have that kind of banking mindset where I really focus on what leaves my account 
and then what's coming back into my account. So the incentives and the, the finance payments not in one. So it's not like, you know, if I say to somebody, hey, you're going to pay $50 a month net out of pocket, what they have to understand is they might pay $75 to the finance company and then they might get $25 back from the state. So 40% is a good rule of thumb to kind of gauge, you know, a well-priced deal. And that's not including like a new roof or removing trees or whatever the case may be. Um, we call them adders in this industry. So that does that help you with the 40% part? I'll stop there. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And, and as far as benefits say, you know, I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of, a lot of our clients, we always ask this question, you know, Hey, what would be the number one reason you go solar? It's most of the time, nine out of 10 times, it is a financial transaction. So, you know, if you're paying 16 cents a kilowatt hour towards the local utility grid, and I can come in and show you how to pay 12 cents, you know, what would you rather pay for, for the same thing? You know, it's like, I, I most people rather pay that 12 cent price. Uh, so the financial benefits are extreme and in certain markets, you know, New Jersey is very lucky because there are some, some very lucrative incentives down here in South Carolina, the savings right month off the month aren't exactly, you know, it's not 40% down here. You're looking at maybe about 10% in South Carolina. So, you know, you're looking at different, um, you know, the financing month to month side of it. Now, the other thing too, for, from a tax point of view, there's a lot of tax credits out there. So you have a 30% federal tax credit. And then some states like South Carolina will give you an additional 25% tax credit. So, you know, for someone like an entrepreneur like myself, you know, if I'm putting solar panels on my roof, uh, you know, I'm looking at this tax credit and I'm saying, well, you know what, it's actually going to allow me to keep more money in my pocket. So when I go to file taxes, if I have a nice $10,000 credit, you know, I don't have to pay that back to the government. I can actually, you know, leverage that that credit certain ways. So there is a tax benefit to it. Um, you know, for businesses, we do a lot of commercial, you know, you can get really creative with some of the depreciation um, and things like that. So I'd say the financial the realm is probably the number one, um, you know, factor for most people to go solar. Okay, awesome. And our next, I want to, we're going to get a little personal, but before we do that, yeah. tell us uh, the most, well, this is a little personal. Tell us the most important lesson you've learned being in a solar space. I, I think uh, this is just a, a lesson I live by, you know, wisdom doesn't come overnight, so you can't expect your success to. Um, that was something that I've always kind of held close to my heart. I think we live in a generation where, you know, the overnight success instant gratification i think sometimes especially in today's age you can get quick results you know you definitely if you work really hard and, and really smart you can you can get to certain places relatively quickly but i think a lot of us get lost in in, in that the end goal so to help me personally kind of really enjoy the journey of things i have to i always remind myself you know wisdom doesn't come overnight so don't expect my success to and you're seeking wisdom as well so that's that's kind of another element but i, I hold that lesson pretty close to my heart. I think that's a, it's a good one to follow. What, what's the biggest lesson? What's the biggest challenge that you're having with uh, having consumers understand the benefits of solar energy? Um, you know, I think it's a welcomed problem, but it's, it's definitely something, it's just an education thing. I think at the end of the day, you know, a lot of us, like it's, you know, imagine you're, you're talking to a client and you're like, Hey, listen, I'm going to save you a hundred dollars. Right. Most people would love to save a hundred dollars, but we find that sometimes it's just there, there's always confidence behind a product is everything confidence behind a service. Um, and when you, I find that a lot of the lack of confidence that comes from maybe making that switch into solar really comes from the fact that it's new and it's, and it's a change. So there's that barrier. And then there's just information that may not be clear to somebody. So, you know, in our, in our business, 
Uh, right now, our biggest challenge is really just education around the product and consumer confidence. And, and I don't think it's growing. You know, I don't think it's that big of a problem. I think it's it's not it's not a a problem that's detrimental. It's actually a, a, a welcome problem because what it does is going back to our vision. It helps us raise that bar of, of excellence because we have to consult. We, you know, we're not solar sales reps. You know, I don't like that term. I tell my guys all the time, you're not selling this product, you're consulting about it. So you're educating, you know, same thing what you might do with your real estate investors. You know, you might talk to somebody, you know, right now about investing in real estate, but they may not pull the trigger for another year. So how do you manage that workload? You know, how do you, how do you get that person from point A all the way to finally pulling the trigger to become an investor. It's just education. It's loving up on them. It's, it's serving them. So I think that's just, it's, it's a welcome challenge. I, I think it, um, it, but it's definitely something that is, is on the forefront. We, we face it every day. All right. And I, so I'm a, I'm a consumer. I'm still one of those. I don't know about this stuff, but I'm, I'm like, my eyes are open and I want to mm -hmm. learn. Uh, I, I could go to Google. I could easily go to Google and find out mm -hmm. all kind of stuff about solar. But something that I realize is that people get overwhelmed by going to Google and YouTube. Mm -hmm. So uh, I came across this podcast. I found Colin. Like, how can I start to learn more about mm -hmm. the way you educate? I like you and what you want to do. How can I find out more about what it is? Yeah, I appreciate that part. So we're going, we're starting to launch uh, what we call Warmack University. Uh, we're doing it for consumers. We're going to, it's just a free, you know, YouTube video series that we are actually in the process of launching this video, depending on when this actually gets released, it may already be out there on YouTube. You know, we're trying to push that educational content through our social media platforms. You know, really mainly we're using the Instagram and Facebook platform for right now. Um, maybe we'll get into, you know, something, you know, other platforms, but the best way too is really just to simply look at our blogs on our, on our website, reach out to us individually. We do a lot of that one-on-one -on -one consultation. Um, you know, side of it, really not to, to push the product, but to educate about it. So we're very passionate about the education side. So I would definitely check out the Warmack University on YouTube. Um, and that should come out here in the very near future. So we're very excited about that. Okay. And you mentioned website. Do you have a website we could go to? Yeah. So it's www.warmackenergy.com. And uh, we're in the process of revamping. We're putting a, a new blogs post there. So we're just kind of, you know, we want to be able to kind of have our online digital footprint uh, be more of an educational platform. So we're, we've just been building that out quietly behind the scenes for the last six months. And uh, really we're excited about rolling out a few things. We're going to have a, uh, a tab where it's just, it's almost like a Google for solar. You can go right on there and um, it, it's not exactly launched yet. We're finishing some minor tweaks, which uh, I don't know if you ever coded or, or did any of the website stuff. It's very new to me. It's been a, a very fun uh, challenge to kind of overcome, but it, it's coming out really good. It's, it's sort of like a Google thing. You just kind of post, hey, a question about New Jersey incentives, and then it comes up with different articles. So filling out that content is what we've been working on now, and uh, we're excited about it. And then you know, we have a newsletter as well that you can sign up for, and you know we'll push content out that way to you. But that would be how you can find us and find more information. And as always, you know we're always accessible ourselves. So you know my, you can reach out to me personally on my social media platforms, and I'm always willing to take a conversation to talk about uh, some solar. Indeed. And we set up this podcast. You jump right on. No problem. So that's how yeah. available you are. Uh, next, we uh, this question. Let me see how I can reframe it. The question is, just so I can get you thinking, what's mm -hmm. one piece of advice you would give someone starting out in your career? Right. But I want to frame it in a way. I want to frame it differently. Right. So you got some sales reps. You got some guys. You get them out there that work for you. Like if, if you could only give them. Uh, two sentences max, a uh, piece of advice. Like, what would you give them? It's the only thing that you could tell them. What would you tell them? Build your be network. Be successful. 
Okay, build your network. Build your network. Mm-hmm. Could you expand upon it? Like, yeah, you know, kind of going back to the vision of it, right? Was in real estate mortgages. How do you how do you get business? Build your network. Um, how do you build your network and actually be credible? Well, you have to have, you have to hold your service and product to a certain standard. You have to build out that word of mouth. So, building your network, the fundament. I think in any industry, you know, you just go out and meet people, make a bunch of friends, and, and actually give back to society. You know, I had a, um, a, a buddy that just asked me this. He's trying to get more out of like life, right? He was giving me one of those, hey man, you know, how do I get more out of my job? It just seems like I'm, I'm hitting certain plateaus. And the first question I asked him, well, what did you give to the world, right? It's the law of the universe. Give to the world what you expect to receive. So don't exactly go out looking for business, looking, go out and look for ways to help. That's how you can build out a great network. And uh, you know, it's how you build out a good reputation as well. So go serve as, as many different people as you can. And I find that oftentimes, you know, when you're serving, when you don't have much, you know, you ever give a few bucks, we don't have any at all. Uh, that actually is is a stronger form of service than when you have when you have a nice, you know, commission check coming in. Now you cut a check to a charity. That's easy, but go serve when you're starting out. Go serve when you don't have much to work with, and it pays dividends in the future. And I, I built my whole business off of that mentality, and it, it, it's worked greatly. Yeah, it, it kind of makes sense. And I don't like, I, I forget, we connected on social media, and I was like, all right, I, I know you from mortgage, and then you switch right over. And mm-hmm. you can do that because you have the network, right? You can start mm-hmm. reaching out. Like a lot of times, people they switch careers or something changes, and then they're like starting from zero. And I just know by watching your success, you don't have to start from zero because you have a network, right? Even mm-hmm. me, like you're like, hey, who, who do I know that has podcasts? You made that mm-hmm. post, and I'm like, I, I do. I got these other three people that do. And it's like, damn, yeah. you tapped into your network, and it's not just about that one person it's about that one connection that can make you connections to other people so i absolutely agree with that build your network concept it's mm-hmm. vital and it's funny because when i posted that about i was actually because i had a few lists and stuff like that i was posted on facebook i was going to reach out to you because i saw the book and then that was you know so like little things like that you never know where um where this could go and you beat me to the punch when you commented on that that post which i appreciate you doing and I do appreciate you sharing those names because that's that's the name of the game, right? Like how do, you know, for you to go out and do that for me, you that, that was your service for me. I was looking for a podcast to, to, to share our vision. I think it's unique. And what did you, you didn't just say, hey, here's an opportunity to come on mine. Hey, let me bless a few of my, my brothers and sisters here and uh, I'm going to put them on it too. And so, you know, it, and you help me, you help them. So I, I think that's the name of the game. And that was uh, something that I thought was really cool of you. And I, and I, I do appreciate it greatly. Absolutely. No problem. Always appreciate helping others. I, I know you would do the same for me. So uh, absolutely. next we got, uh, so th- we actually a lot of business centric questions. Next, I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you some personal questions. Then I'm going to try to ask you some questions to intentionally stop you. Then we're going to go to the closing table because we're in real estate. Yay. Closing table. So first personal question that I have for you is mm-hmm. what's your biggest failure and what did you learn from that experience? Uh, I think trying to rush like the process was was one of them when i was in mortgages i uh i tried to rush through things i wasn't paying attention to the details and i think it goes back to the trying to get to the end goal and not enjoying the process and that really uh dampened uh, my my end of the mortgage career especially because i got really really burnt out and um i was just chasing the goals you know I was chasing the production how do i break three million a month how do i break five million a month and you know i wasn't really cherishing that process anymore and so it was a big wake-up call for me and and 
I, you know, it wasn't necessarily a monetary failure. It was more of a mental failure for me. And I think that's more important sometimes. And so how did I get burnt out? I was rushing through things. I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying the process. So when I uh, left the industry, I kind of made a promise to myself. I said, you know what, we're going to, it doesn't matter about the challenges. doesn't matter about the successes. We're going to try to enjoy the challenges and the successes exactly the same and just cherish the process and uh, not try to rush to the end goal. You know, that's, that was, that's what burnt me out. So. Um, yes, that was it was a big failure mentally and, and physically as well, because you get tired, you get exhausted, you're stressed, you know, and all that stuff, you get out of shape or whatever it is. So um, that that was uh, about a year and a half ago at this point, and I will never forget. It was actually one of the greatest things that happened to me as well. Awesome. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I just think it's it's just I just want to serve. I, I don't really necessarily want credibility for certain things. I, I like to serve in silence, but I think just a guy that was a serving heart, you know, uh, very even keel. Also just a, just an average guy. Like I don't have that aspiration. I, I believe in what we're doing. I think we're all equal in a sense. And I don't really um, have that mentality to want to be remembered as the, a pioneer for, for really anything. I just think that I want to be, I want to be relatable. And I, I want to be the guy that's kind of like the silent millionaire, the guy that's like, hey, and he's hanging out at the coffee shop, talking to the college kids or talking to whoever. And it's like, you know, that dude is worth 10, 15, 20 million. Um, and then people are like, whoa, you know, that's that's my kind of aspiration. I um, another big thing for me is when I chase income goals, I actually, uh, you know, it's my religious background. I, I, I really want to be remembered for somebody that, that gave back a lot. And there was a story that inspired me. And for my personal income goals, I'm actually chasing it. There's a, uh, a family that, you know, is worth. 50 to to 100 million dollars are making a ton of money per year and they live off 120 thousand dollars um per year they're they have four kids uh they're in my church group here in charleston and uh you know they're really really phenomenal family and they tend to keep things private so for, out of the perspective i'm i won't mention i'm on here but when i'm listening to, i'm looking at this guy across the barbecue i'm realizing like, this guy is worth a hundred million dollars like this is insane right but he lives off 120 thousand dollars and he gives all of his money away and so um i just really my aspirations for income to make a lot of money just i want to give it all away essentially so that would probably be what i'd like to be remembered for awesome if you if you could go back and give your 18 year old self one piece of advice what would it be uh, another one i i just think if you could if i can go back i would just say just keep believing you know you're going to get there um I'd say that to myself now, you know, you're going to get there. It's, it's just a matter of just having your, your, your mindset on it. Don't get distracted and, and just keep going. That would be probably the big one. Just don't get distracted. Thank you. So these are the value add questions that are meant to stop you. They're not too complicated, but people, mm -hmm. people aren't used to being asked these questions. So yeah, first nah, question, yeah. how can someone add immediate value to you or your business? Um, I think just asking about us, right? Like, uh, you know, whether it's somebody who's looking for work, you know, this is a very lucrative industry. It can be anyway, um, you know, especially with some of the inflation, stuff like that. A lot of our, our realtor, you know, friends have leaned on us for side income, help get them through tough times. So that could be a, an immediate impact to the business. It also helps us raise that standard. We like dealing with the realtors and, and the mortgage professionals because we find that they naturally do what we're trying to do as a vision perspective um which is essentially raise that bar and, and standard of excellence so you know whether it's that or if people that are looking to go solar maybe looking to save money um giving us an opportunity to serve them that would be immediate value to our business how can someone add long-term value to your business i think just keeping us in mind talking about the vision you know i guess respecting and understanding what we're trying to do which is again trying to take an, an industry standard this lead setter model that does work um 
but it's salesy, right? It's, we're trying to be the modern real estate brokerage model of solar. And so the long-term side of it is just talk, keep talking about it, letting people know about this and, and following us along the way, because we, we really are in such a startup infant stages. I'm excited to listen to this podcast in five, 10 years, because I believe that we're going to we're the next new model, I think, in the solar industry. And so the more people that kind of understand that, and, and honestly, too, from a, a competition perspective, we need other solar companies to go do what we're doing. Um, we can't be the only one. And, and my whole aspirations is if I, uh, you know, I'll be happy is we don't have to be number one. But if, if the new model for solar in the next five years is the modern real estate brokerage solar industry or company, we won. We're, we're successful. That's the vision's complete, right? Um, you know, I, I always allude to when uh, Elon Musk open sources his electric car patents. He doesn't do that because, you know, he wants to be the number one electric car. He wants to push electric cars forward. So um, the long term value could just be helping us push that vision forward by either doing it themselves, helping us do it or talking about us and, and stuff like that. So that would be a very, very uh, added value to our business. Awesome. Now it's time for the closing table. So these are closing questions. Uh, tell us three books that you recommend to the audience and why. Oh, that's a well, Rich Dad Poor Dad, I guess, is, is the infamous one. That's like your your typical when you get into to business. I have here, um, I just started reading this one. It's uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. I think this one okay. is a good one. And um, Another one, uh, it was, it was, I just finished reading this. It was, a, well, the encyclopedia, actually, that, that was one um, I took because I, I was of dyslexic. So if you go through the encyclopedia, you learn how to like talk. Uh, you're doing, I think that's a phenomenal one. Um, it's boring, but like it will help you with it. And I, I stole that one from Elon Musk. As a, I'm a big fan of him. But uh, actually, that would be my three. So, okay. You know, what what encyclopedia? I've done that before too. The dictionary, the encyclopedia. Uh -huh. And the weird thing is that, I did not like really start learning, right? I always tell people, they say, Jerome, you're smart. I don't really think I'm smart. I didn't start learning until after high school. Like the real education and my smarts, it came after high school. So uh, do you have like a specific encyclopedia that you recommend? I keep one on my desk um, pretty much always, actually. It's just uh, just this guy here. I, you know, bought it out of a book. Oh, so. I remember that when I was like, like, it's like, I was yeah, like, this is the old one. This is like, yeah, this thing's old too. That's a classic right there. I, yeah. I don't know how to say the name. Uh, Rajet or Rod? Yeah, Rajets or yeah. Yep. So when I I'm dyslexic, you know, I, I didn't read, you know, like really well, and uh, I was joke my my eight year old sister probably has a higher higher reading level than I do sometimes, but this helped me out too. Just just trying to figure out how to string sentences along and and get especially public speaking things like that. So this book, I don't know how long I've had it, but I've probably I've had this thing. It's always on my desk or somewhere near me. Um, but I try to open it up a few times and just, you know, just okay. go to a random page. I have you know, this uh, grammar book that I do the same thing with. Like I learned my grammar after school. Like I didn't really yeah. learn it in school because I was so busy being a child, basically. Uh -huh. And then yeah. I have uh, this grammar book that I keep around. Like, so I understand exactly where you're coming from. Uh, cool. uh, let me see. The All right. So the next question, let me see. We got a couple more questions here. Uh, all right. Tell me. Tell me, all right, if if I'm gonna ask, I'm just gonna ask it straight up. What's one question you mm -hmm. wish I had asked you that I didn't ask? I How would you have answered? Yeah. Uh yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, you know, I like I said when we started this and we were in the back room, mm -hmm. I said let's just freestyle. Um, okay. you know, we're still getting used to. This is this is uh, you know, we're going on a media tour a little bit. Like we're going, you know, to do the podcast. We've been working behind the scenes. 
I don't really know how this whole thing works. You know, I see it online. I, I get the concept. So uh, for me, this is actually one of the, this is our first podcast of what we call the media tour show. I don't know what type of questions to ask, um, you know, things like that. But, you know, I think, I think you did a great job with this. And I think some of the personal questions were really cool. I didn't realize that we were going to go into that because, you know, who doesn't like talking about their, their vision or beliefs sometimes, especially when it's an appropriate setting. So uh, that was, that was welcomed. Yeah. So there are like, like you said, there are different ways and different values that people can add on podcasts and one of the things that i try to do is like like i talked about in the intro is i want to bring value to you the guests but i also want to bring value to the listeners and one of the ways that we try to bring value to you as a guest is like hey tell us about your business what it is that you do promote yourself you got your products your website talk about that stuff so that's Mm -hmm. the intent here i know a lot of people don't like to be salesy or pitch products or some people don't welcome that on their platforms but that's how we we're like that as long as you're providing value you can talk about or offer whatever it is that you're uh that you have and we also do like this this was just one episode right so you might come back a lot of times we do like a broad episode and then sometimes we go more specific in the future so just so you know how our platform yeah. works a little bit yeah, i was looking i was listening to some of those the, the, uh literally for like all morning and stuff like that you have i will say you have a, uh, a radio voice i don't know if people have told no, you no no i'm not blowing smoke up here you know what <laughs> it, it was funny because i couldn't i didn't realize you're doing the video so i i was just listening to it okay and um like, dude, this guy has a voice for this stuff. So it was pretty cool to see. I appreciate that. Uh, and that's I remember now what I was going to say. I was going to mention that I, I couldn't even tell that you were uh, you, you mentioned this dyslexia. And I, I like we deal with a lot of people and a lot of times people will I, I call it fight fighting for limitations. A lot of times people fight for their limitations like, "Oh, I had this thing wrong with me or I made this mistake uh-huh. or I was grew, I grew up this way and I just want you to know that I'm inspired to see that you like I got dyslexia and I figured it out. I'm going to keep moving." Oh, yeah. I really uh-huh. appreciate that. Yeah, cuz a lot so yeah uh we got so we got one more question and this like give you you bet you haven't been like pushing hard but just give it to us right so the the one Mm -hmm. more question is where can listeners find out more about you online you got a Mm -hmm. website pocket whatever like how can we learn about you tell us well appreciate this one so you can definitely uh check me out on social media you know instagram and facebook is kind of where i hang out the most um i try to keep it simple i'm not really a social media guy per se but you know i have built my business primarily on social media so you know at colin segan um, on both platforms and then we have our business profile i guess or, or our business pages as well where you know on facebook it's warmack energy Instagram, Warmack Energy, and then the YouTube page that we're launching. We're really excited about that. We're wrapping up just some fine tuning with the video stuff and um, that educational series. So Warmack University is our trademark educational course, if you will, um, just free educational content that we're, we're trying to give out to the public and help better, you know, help them better understand our product and service. So that would be where you can find us. And if you want to ever reach out to me directly, just to have a conversation, um, you know, like I said, I, I do put an emphasis to you know, tell me to put my money where my mouth is. And I like to serve, you know, I don't really necessarily, it doesn't need to be about solar. Um, maybe it's just something about starting a business. Maybe it's just questions or whatever the case may be. Maybe you just, you need, you need a quick little hug or whatever it is, but feel free to always reach out to me personally. And, um, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to be a service in any way I can. All right. So next is, a lot of times people say, give me a closing statement, right? But sometimes people can be long-winded. So I got this from another guest. Her name's Dewan. Dewan said, give me a closing word. So I asked you, Colin, give me a closing word. Just one word, no explanation. Solar. Solar. Okay, That's awesome. Solar. 
Awesome. I appreciate that. So thank you for being here. I really appreciate you as a guest. This was a fun episode and um, we're going to wrap it up. I want you to stay on one minute and we're going to outro and then we'll kind of go from there. All right. Thank you so much, Colin. Thank you so much for having me. Yep, absolutely.